With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WWE had over 15,000 is what they claimed. In D.C. tonight, it was actually 12,000, but they announced 15,000 fans on TV. Uh, Either way, whatever number you believe, it shows that the product is hot right now, which is what they want heading into their biggest show of the year. Big crowd. More people than usual who actually left a message uh, for me, tweeted me before the show tonight, saying that they were actually going to be in attendance at SmackDown for what I thought overall was actually a very fun show. In fact, I thought it was the best show that I saw all week, and it was highlighted by the first in-ring confrontation that we have had in this build to WrestleMania between Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Yes, Roman Reigns showed up for work tonight. It was the first time Roman's been on SmackDown in a month. He had a face-to-face promo in the ring. Just him and Cody sent the bloodline away, sent the wise man away. And these two went out there in their first exchange. They didn't give away everything. But they gave you just enough, I think, to make you finally feel like this is a WrestleMania main event. Until we saw them in the ring tonight, uh, I, to me, I had no issue with Cody winning the Rumble and going to Mania. But I was still waiting to see what that first confrontation would look like. To see, does it really truly feel like a WrestleMania main event? And I can say that after tonight, it finally feels like a WrestleMania main event. And the crowd in Washington treated it like one. Uh, they were hot for both these men uh, in the ring. The Jey Uso story continues as the bloodline continues to disintegrate all around Roman Reigns. Jey Uso was not on the show tonight, uh, but the bloodline story really was all about Jey. Sami Zayn was there. He was in the main event tonight against Solo Sokoa. Jimmy Uso trying to get a hold of his brother. And Roman Reigns growing increasingly impatient with Jey Uso. To the point where if Jay does not show up on television next week, he is going to hold Jimmy Uso personally responsible. So the Bloodline story is, it's building, it's building to a crescendo here, because we still have no tag team title match for WrestleMania, but they're building to it. And uh, next week, next week really is shaping up to be a, a very big week story-wise in WWE, not just with the Bloodline stuff, but all the stories that are taking place right now on Friday, some of the stories taking place on Monday. John Cena is going to be on Raw Monday night. You know, We assume for some segment with Austin Theory. Uh, Logan Paul is going to be on Raw for a segment with Seth Rollins. Next week, Raw and SmackDown is going to be the pivotal week as far as kicking these stories into high gear and officially setting up matches that have not yet been made official. I think next week is going to be the important week. But the Intercontinental Championship, one of the... Uh, Great things about the Triple H era. Maybe the best thing that Triple H has done for me since taking over has been the emphasis on the secondary titles, and in particular, the Intercontinental Championship, which is still, after all these years, the IC title still near and dear to me. I don't care about the U.S. title as much. I grew up with the Intercontinental Championship. And it's nice to see it being the focus heading into WrestleMania season. Everybody wants a piece of it. Tonight it was Drew McIntyre, it was Sheamus coming out and squabbling over who's going to get the match with Gunther at WrestleMania. 
And then we had the usual parade of people coming out one right after the other, which is, you know, something we see in WWE all the time. But now we have a fatal five-way match set up for television next week to determine a number one contender for the championship. I am still holding out hope that we will get ourselves a triple threat match. Uh, But we'll talk about the IC title as well. One of the great things about SmackDown is the reign that Gunther... Everyone's talking about Roman Reigns, 915 days as the undisputed champion. Uh, Well, really, 915 days as the universal champion, uh, if we're being technical about it. But uh, we got to talk about the intercontinental title run. I know it's not as long as the run that Roman Reigns has been on, uh, but this one may have been the biggest surprise to me, to see where we are now with the IC title and the push that Walter's been getting. It's been uh, very fun to follow. But for all this other stuff, all all the positive stuff, there's also the Bray Wyatt. And Uncle Howdy stuff, uh, which has gone from at one time when Bray first came back to the company. And there was still a lot of mystique and aura around him. He had been gone for a while. And this Uncle Howdy stuff, who is Uncle Howdy? What is this? Is it just an alter ego of Bray? We have the White Rabbit stuff leading up to Extreme Rules. Uh, It really was outside of the Bloodline stuff for a period of time. The most intriguing thing to me on this show. And it has gone from one of the most intriguing things on the show to the worst thing on the show. Because nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. And tonight it was just more of the same. And really, you know, as I've watched what they have done with the Bray Wyatt character over these last almost six months now, it's become pretty clear to me Bray exists in his own little world secluded and cut off from everybody else. And it almost doesn't even matter who you put him in the ring with or who you feud him with. He sort of exists in a vacuum all by himself. And it's just plug and play. It almost doesn't even matter who you put him in there with. But to me, the biggest strike against it is just that nothing ever happens. It's just boring. It's like the hamster on the wheel. There's really no forward movement here. Brock Lesnar didn't want to work with Bray Wyatt. And so now Bobby Lashley is stuck in the muck with this Uncle Howdy stuff going into WrestleMania. Even Brock Lesnar (laughs) said, I don't want to work. I don't want to do that. The puppets, Uncle Howdy, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So now Bobby Lashley is stuck in this spot. And uh, good luck to him heading into WrestleMania. Because unless something drastically changes in these next few weeks to change my mind, Uh, This is shaping up to be probably one of the worst things on the WrestleMania card this year. Still no mention, by the way, we are four weeks away from the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Believe it or not, there will be a Hall of Fame ceremony. There is going to be a Hall of Fame ceremony. It's being taped after SmackDown, the final SmackDown, uh, right before WrestleMania. And we still have no uh, inductees announced. I don't know if maybe Triple H is going to do it differently where he'll just announce them all in one week, just in one fell swoop. Here's the class. They could. Look, this is the first time. I mean, again, if you believe that Vince McMahon does not have his hand in things like the Hall of Fame and the WrestleMania card, uh, and I absolutely believe that Vince McMahon had uh, at least something to do with Omos being the new WrestleMania opponent for Brock Lesnar when they had to scramble and figure out a plan, a plan B for him. 
but maybe Triple H is going to handle things differently, where instead of doing these announcements staggered week after week uh, to try to sell tickets, maybe they're just going to announce it in one fell swoop. I don't know. It's very strange. It's a very different way of treating the Hall of Fame than they have in years past. I'm sure Batista's going in this year, but uh, yeah, I know I noticed that earlier. I was expecting maybe they would start announcing something or the headline inductee, uh, but there have still been uh, no announcements made as far as that is concerned. So we'll talk about the SmackDown show tonight because this is your Friday night SmackDown review for March 3rd, 2023. I am the Solo Monster. Thank you for choosing me for your SmackDown coverage and really uh, all of your coverage this week. We've had a good turnout this week for Raw Dynamite and now SmackDown. Subscribe. If you are not already a subscriber, smash the like button as well. Uh, I will uh, be the booker for you if we hit 450 likes before we get out of here. Uh, Super chats are open, so you can send those on and you'll see them popping up on screen and we'll hang out a little bit later on. And of course, you can join our little uh, green world order. Uh, Bobby's World gifted a channel membership. I see Tony Soprano was the recipient of that membership, so... Tony Soprano, I mean, are you part of our family now, or does that make us part of your family? I don't know. But uh, welcome. So, we did not waste any time here at the beginning of SmackDown tonight, because the very first segment of the show opened with the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns returning to work for the first time in a month with Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso. Notice the uh, bloodline has shrunk. They are two members smaller than they were for a good part of the year last year. So Roman told Washington, D.C. to acknowledge him, and that's all he was able to say before he was interrupted by the Cody Rhodes theme song and Cody Rhodes himself in his suit coming out, his first appearance on SmackDown in seven years. Trying to think if the last time Cody was on SmackDown was when he was dashing. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been seven years. Uh, That probably was still Stardust, right? Dashing was earlier than that. But Tony Soprano says that our families have a working relationship. I don't know. The working relationship with Tony D'Angelo and Legato Del Fantasma on on, uh, NXT didn't work out too well. I don't know how I feel about this. I might have to go forge a a relationship with the New Jersey family. Go see what Johnny Sack is up to. So Solo Sokoa, as soon as Cody got in the ring, Solo Sokoa was just ready to pounce on this guy. Solo Sokoa is like the perfect ride or die for Roman Reigns. Through all of this bloodline drama, Solo has been the one constant ever since he came up at Clash at the Castle. Even at the end of the Royal Rumble, who was the one that Roman Reigns went over to and said, we're going to war solo? It was Solo Sokoa. So he had loud Cody chants. He said he's not here to invade or to engage in reckless negotiation. He is here to have a conversation with his WrestleMania opponent, one-on-one, man-to-man. So he sees no reason for the other members of the bloodline to be there unless Roman feels like he needs them there. And Roman started to laugh. He told the wise man to leave them. Paul Heyman said, I'll leave Solo with you. And Roman said, Solo goes too. And so they left the ring. Jimmy Uso, Paul Heyman, Solo, Sokoa left. And we were left with Cody and Roman all by themselves in the ring. 
Roman asked him if he was comfortable now. You comfortable now? And he laid his titles down on the mat. First, the WWE title he laid down in front of them. Then the Universal title he laid down on the mat in front of them. And Roman stole a line out of the Cody Rhodes playbook and asked him, so what do you want to talk about? And Cody said, well, let's talk about you. 915 days you have been champion. He said the reality has become legend and Roman has superseded hyperbole. This is definitely a Cody Rhodes promo. And so he congratulated him. Cody said that he would tell him something about himself. He said doing the impossible is just sort of his thing. He said, people used to say that you'll only be Randy's understudy. Then they said, there's no way Cody will ever survive Stardust. He said, goalposts moved again. Oh, there's no way that 10,000 people. We're going back to the Dave Meltzer tweet that started AEW all these years ago. He said, people said there's no way 10,000 people would pay to see him and his buddy's little indie show. Said the goalposts are constantly being moved, but he keeps kicking the ball through the uprights. Beating Roman Reigns may seem impossible for most, but not for him. Roman laughed. He had a good laugh about that. Said, uh, that's good. That's good. I like that. It sounds like you've been rehearsing this all week long. He says it was flawless. He goes, let me ask you a question. You ever won that one? And he pointed down at one of his titles. And then he said, did you ever win that one? And he pointed at the other title. He says, have you ever been in the main event of WrestleMania before? He said, because I've done it all. He goes, I'm pretty sure I've done all of that. So that means that I am the most experienced main eventer of all time. He said, but here's the kicker. I've been groomed since I was just a little boy. Not only by my father, but by your father too. Said, let's talk about your dad. I have too much love and respect to degrade the man. I'm not going to say anything negative about him. Because we spent a lot of time together. The dream is the one who put the confidence in me. And then Roman Reigns did a Dusty Rhodes impression. And actually, not a not a half bad Dusty Rhodes impression, too. He's talking about Dusty him. Baby. Baby, you have it. And he said, We were talking for hours about everything. He says, You want to know what he used to always say about you? This is nothing. I don't think in all the times that your father and I talked and had conversations that your name came up a single time. He said, maybe it did with Seth or with Kevin Owens or Becky or somebody, but in my conversations with your dad, you never came up a single time. It's like you did not even exist. And he says, uh, God, I wish he was here right now. I know you miss him. I miss him too. So then Roman picked his belts back up, put them over his shoulder, and then he continued. He goes, I know he's not here anymore, but just know this. If there's anything he didn't teach you, I will. And he put his hand out to shake Cody's hand. Cody was kind of laughing at him to himself, and uh, he wasn't done yet. He still had something left to say. He said, uh, I'm not even playing on the same field. He said, this is not chess. He goes, you didn't send... Mr. Heyman to Raw to get inside my head. You sent him to relay the real-life situation. You sent him to tell me the truth. If that's the truth, then the truth is that one of the fabled Dusty's kids is better than Dusty's actual kid. 
If that's the truth, then the truth is you're the son that he always wanted. And that changes absolutely everything. Because it's not just a dream or some story that needs to be finished. This becomes a necessity. It says, I have to exist. And the only way I can exist is by beating you at WrestleMania. So, absolutely, Roman Reigns, sir, champ, may the better man win. And the two of them shook hands to close out the segment. Uh, They did a great job, I thought, of building up this first in-ring confrontation between the two of them, uh, this first face-to-face, making it feel like a big deal. And the fans treated it the same way. And seeing them in the ring, as I said at the beginning of the stream, seeing them in the ring together for the first time, it finally felt like a WrestleMania main event. This felt like a big deal. Seeing them out there and seeing and hearing the reactions that both of them got uh, there was no hijacking of the segment. You know, the fans were not 80-20 in favor of one over the other. You know, they cheer for Roman when he comes out because the guy is such a big star, right? I mean, they've built him up as as the, the biggest thing in the company in, you know, a decade, really since the heyday of John Cena. They finally have gotten Roman Reigns. Vince McMahon has finally gotten his wish. He's finally gotten Roman Reigns to where he wanted him to be. And who knew that all it would take was a heel turn? Imagine if it would have happened earlier. But maybe these things happen for a reason, because now Roman has been on this great run with the Bloodline. Everything, you know, the the, the whole Bloodline storyline has been the best part of their television shows. So Roman is going to get a big reaction when he comes out no matter what. But Cody came out tonight. Again, he's not a SmackDown guy. He's a Raw guy. Not that that matters to the fans. I don't think the fans have any brand loyalty whatsoever. Brand loyalty, to me, brand loyalty was always an overplayed thing. Uh, it was never built up enough to where the fans really felt like, I'm a Raw fan, I'm a SmackDown fan. Maybe at the beginning of the brand split, you could say there was a little bit of that. So the fans have no brand loyalty, that doesn't really mean anything. But Cody came out here, and again, they treated him like he's the guy, that they want to be the one to topple Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So I thought this was uh, great, and it was only their first meeting. So they did not need to give too much away here, it was a... Uh, a pretty straightforward promo, honestly. If you think about the the, the content of what they said, uh, there was nothing earth-shattering here. There's no need for them to give too much away. There was no need for them to touch and to fight, have a pull-apart in their first face-to-face on TV. Uh, they had the handshake. That was the only touching that we had here. We had the handshake, and Roman left without incident. Cody didn't get jumped by the bloodline. Still got four weeks until the pay-per-view. There'll be time for the bloodline to attack Cody Rhodes, and there'll be time for the big pull-apart brawl on TV. Uh, tonight was not the night for that. Uh, they gave us just enough to make that introduction uh, and to have Roman remind Cody and remind the fans of what Paul Heyman said to Cody on Raw a few weeks ago about how Roman Reigns was like the son that your father never had but wishes that he did, right? So he reinforced what Heyman said on TV on Raw a few weeks ago. Uh, because Dusty did help Roman quite a bit when he was in developmental. There is that connection there. And I know there are going to be people, I already saw people who were, you know, making fun of the fact that, uh, boy, you know, I didn't know that uh, Dusty Rhodes was the father of Cody. I never would have known had I not watched this segment tonight. They have gone very heavy with all of the Cody promos on the fact that he is Dusty's son. But that is the story. The whole story heading into WrestleMania 
is that Cody has to finish the story. Who is that story based around? It's based around Dusty Rhodes. Think back to the first promo that we had on Raw the night after WrestleMania last year. And he put the footage up on the Titantron of Dusty holding up the title at Madison Square Garden in 1977, the title that was taken away from him. That's the story. You can't tell this story without talking about Dusty Rhodes. And Cody is out to win the championship that his father never did. He's here to right that wrong. So I don't have an issue with them bringing up Dusty in here. But in the future, it can't just be Dusty, Dusty, Dusty every week, though, right? They've got four more weeks. In the future, I think they should focus, at least a little bit, on Cody leaving WWE with Roman, you know, claiming that he left because he couldn't hang. He went off to play with his little friends, and they kind of started their own sandbox somewhere else because Cody couldn't hang and he couldn't be in the spot that Roman Reigns is now in. So he took his ball and he left. They don't even have to say the the initials AEW, right? The implication is there. The implication was there tonight. Cody brought that up in his promo about him and his friends going off to start you know, their own little, you know, indie indie stuff, the all-in pay-per-view from a few years ago, right? Which kicked this whole thing off. So I would like to see that brought up uh, in a promo at some point because why shy away from it? That's part of the story, too. Cody was in the company. He disappeared for years. Where did he go? Why did he leave? If I'm Roman, I throw it back in his face. You left because you can't be me. And just because you came back, doesn't mean that you are going to be in my spot. You're not. You're below me. You're beneath me. Right. So I would like to see them uh, expand the story out a little bit and acknowledge that. Uh, and, and, you know, again, in Cody's eyes, he could even say, in your eyes, you know the WWE is the place to be because you came back. You came back because you want this and you can't have this. So that's part of the story, too. Uh, One thing I will say that Cody needs to uh, be careful of, and I kind of poked fun at it a little bit before, is uh, saying things like, Roman superseded hyperbole. Uh, He needs to be uh, a little careful. He he gets a little too loquacious in his, there's a word for you, in his promos, where... You know, he he has to make sure it sounds less like a uh, a voiceover for a promo package, and more like a wrestling promo. So that would be my only critique: is that Cody doesn't go too he doesn't go too far off the beaten path and start throwing out all these big words that just make the promo. Not that people won't understand what he's saying, but just that he's trying to sound smarter than he is. But otherwise, I thought this was excellent, and I look forward to seeing what they do with them uh, over the next few weeks. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We had Rhea Ripley in the opening match of the night. Out next against her former tag team partner, Liv Morgan. The final two women in the Royal Rumble match this year. Uh, I thought they had a good match. It was actually very competitive. This was uh, by no means a squash. But the uh, the only outcome was Rhea going over, sending a message to Charlotte Flair, who was not on the show tonight. And that's exactly what she did. Uh, Liv hit a diving code breaker from the top rope, uh, or as Michael Cole called it, uh, knees to the face, which I guess is factually correct. I was just happy he didn't refer to it as oblivion. So he's learning. He's finally learning. Ripley got to her feet. Liv went for oblivion. Rhea held on to her. And she tried for Riptide. Morgan slipped out, hit a kick to the face. Liv went up top and dove at Rhea. Rhea, though, countered it on her way down into a powerbomb. Rhea then finally hit Riptide, applied a, a, a nasty-looking inverted cloverleaf for the tap-out. She bent that girl in half. She bent Liv Morgan. I mean, Liv Morgan is tiny, but she bent this girl in half. And my favorite part of this, honestly, was they showed a shot in the crowd of a little girl who's there with her mom, crying, tears streaming down her face. Maybe her shoes were too tight. Maybe they were tied too tight. I don't know. Maria Ripley's out here making little kids cry. That means that Rhea is ready to go to WrestleMania and become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, Rhea has never been more dominant than she is right now. She is on the best run of her career. NXT main roster. Uh, things finally clicked once she linked up with the Judgment Day. She was doing the tag team thing before. She was tagging with, you know, Nikki Cross. And, you know, I mean, she was doing different things, but it didn't feel like this is the Rhea Ripley that we saw in NXT. And then when she went heel and she joined the Judgment Day, something changed. And it was an instant, because the Judgment Day looked like it was on the fast track to nowhere until Triple H took over. And that's the other thing, that Triple H comes in. The other thing about the Triple H era that has been a positive is for the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day was about, about ready for death, basically. He took over the book, made some changes, obviously believed in them, believed in Finn. He knows all about Finn Balor, right? from the NXT days, and it was like they did a 180 with this group. I was ready to cast this group aside and put them in the scrap heap, but uh, this has led to the biggest push of her career, and I would like to think that Triple H is smart enough not to squander that and not to drop the ball, and I don't think that he will. So after a break, we caught the bloodline backstage, Roman asked Jimmy if he's spoken with his brother. He said that he did. He called Jay a hothead, but said that he just needs time. Roman said that he's running out of patience, and Jimmy said that he would tell him. Roman said, not with him. I'm running out of patience with you. Jimmy said, uh, I'll let him know. And he left. And so there it is. The Roman Empire slowly crumbling around Roman Reigns. We got a recap video of what happened last week with Rey Mysterio and his bastard son, who has been making his life a living hell now for many, many months. 
And uh, Dominic was trying to bait his father once again into hitting him, and Ray just wouldn't take the bait. So back live, Rhea and Dominic are shown walking in the back when they uh, come upon Santos Escobar. I don't know what happened to the rest of Legado del Fantasma. Ever since he started this little babyface turn, we haven't seen uh, Joaquin, we haven't seen Cruz, and we haven't seen Zelina Vega. So I don't know if I don't know if that's the end of Legato. I hope not. But uh, Escobar comes up and says that Ray should have punched Dom in the face last week, but he knows why he didn't. But he can. And he said that he spoke to Adam Pierce, and if Dominic is half the man he says he is, he'll meet him out there in the ring. And then Escobar looked over at Rhea Ripley, called her mommy, blew her a kiss, and walked away. And that did not sit well with Rhea Ripley or with uh, her dangerous ex-con young boy. So Dominic was back out to the ring with Rhea Ripley. Hey, the more Rhea, the better. You get no complaints out of me. For his match with Santos Escobar, it was a simple story they told with this match, but I liked it. I liked what they did here. Uh, Not just the match, but the post-match as well. But I liked what they did here. Escobar came to the ring. He was carrying in his hand an autographed Rey Mysterio mask that Rey gave to him as a show of respect. He placed it on top of the ring post. At one point during the match, uh, he had Dominic on the ropes right in front of the mask, facing the mask. And Escobar was yelling at him. He was saying, that's your legacy. Do you respect your legacy? You can hear Rhea on the outside. Don't let him talk to you like that. Dominic came back, hit a springboard dive over the top rope onto Escobar, who was on the floor. That was just before the break. Later on, Dominic faced Escobar towards the mask in that same corner. And he started yelling at Escobar telling him to respect him, not my legacy. You need to respect me. Escobar made a comeback. Dominic started begging off. They both hit the ropes, and they collided awkwardly. It looks like a a head-first collision, so they both go down. Dominic gets up. He's in the corner. He pulls out a pair of brass knuckles, and he's not exactly trying to hide it from the referee. So the referee sees this. The referee is now distracted. That gives Rhea Ripley an opportunity to reach in grab Escobar, drag him out to the floor. She picks up Santos and drops him with the riptide on the floor. And then she rolls him back inside. Dominic then goes up to the top rope, hits the frog splash for the win. So the Nucks were just a distraction. It was all a ploy. Dominic grabbed Ray's mask and slowly uh, started ripping it apart. Thread by thread, he tore this mask in half as they were making their way back up the aisle together. All of a sudden, Ray's music hits. And Ray Mysterio comes out, and he beats the living crap out of his son. No, I'm just kidding. He was a puss, and he wouldn't put his hands on Dominic. As he has refused to every other week up to this point. Dominic, again, was saying, hit me. Ray wanted the mask. Give me the mask. Dom says, you want the mask? I'll give you the mask. Only if you hit me. Ray couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to hit him. So Dominic dropped the mask on the floor, went to go walk away. And as soon as Ray bent over to go pick up the mask, Dominic blindsided him with a punch and knocked him back down. And uh, that was the end of that. So another week of Ray looking like a chump, being bullied by his own son. Uh, But again, it's building. It's building. And when it finally happens, when it finally comes... The fans will rejoice, and then we will get the match at WrestleMania. And this is not the first time that we have seen Escobar 
in a segment involved with these uh, people on TV, with Ray, with Dominic. It's been a few weeks of this now. I don't think it means anything for WrestleMania. The WrestleMania match is going to be Ray against Dominic, as it should be. Ray and Dom one-on-one. Once Ray finally comes to his senses and he accepts the challenge. But I do wonder if maybe they keep this rolling coming out of WrestleMania. Because I have to think that they do Ray and Dominic at WrestleMania. Ray will obviously put his son over. You know, unless the story calls for Ray to win the first match. And then it's a whole series of matches that they do. I mean, that's possible also. But obviously there's no reason for Ray not to do the, the honors for his son. But I don't think the story ends at WrestleMania. Just because they're finally going to probably do the match at Mania doesn't mean that it ends there. So we have Backlash that was, uh, I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but the report is that Backlash is on May 6th. That's the next pay-per-view after Mania. Maybe they do a tag team match. Maybe it's going to be Ray and Escobar working together against, you know, the Judgment Day if they keep the story going. Again, I don't think they're doing that at Mania, but I wonder at Backlash if that's the direction they could be going in. And that's a great rub for Escobar to be involved in this stuff. Uh, I still want to see Escobar and Mysterio in a match at some point. I guess Escobar doesn't necessarily need to be a heel. Uh, but I would like to see him still involved in this in some way. Even if it's just maybe him being in Ray's corner at WrestleMania. Maybe he'll be there, but he won't be in the match. But he'll be watching Ray's back. Because I look at WrestleMania, look at the judgment there, right? Rhea is accounted for. She's going to possibly be in the main event of night one, challenging Charlotte. Finn Balor is wrestling Edge. Dominic is going to wrestle his father. So where does that leave Damian Priest? Damian Priest is is the odd man out here. Uh, at the very least, I would think that, you know, Rhea is going to be busy getting ready for her match if Dominic's match is on the same night. So maybe Priest is in his corner and Escobar can be in Ray's corner. But uh, I would like to see Escobar, you know, coming out of this, I would like to see him get something out of it and not just be forgotten about drew mcintyre was out to the ring next for a promo but not before a commercial break when they came back from the commercial break he was still standing there poor guy was standing there all that time just i guess admiring his own theme music although if you've ever been to one of these live tapings you know that as soon as they go to commercial the music stops the music stops they bring down the lights Poor guy stands in the ring and he watches all of the commercials on the Titan Tron. They'll put commercials up for every WWE product and show that you can think of. And then right before, <clears throat> right before they come back live, they start the theme music again. So that when they come back on TV, you think the entire time they've been playing this guy's theme music, but they're not. So anyway, he said it's four weeks before WrestleMania and he still doesn't have a match. So how about we remedy that right now? He goes, there's a certain individual he wants to beat the absolute. And he said, I believe what he said was schnitzel. I think that was what he said. He wants to beat the absolute schnitzel out of, and that person is Gunther. But he didn't get Gunther. Instead, he got Seamus. Seamus asked him, what do you think you're doing? What are you doing? Going behind my back like that. Drew said that, look, it's nothing personal. Seamus said, him of all people, you know how much that intercontinental title means to me. 15 years I've been in this company. You know how much I want that championship. And Drew asked him, you know, to calm down. 
And Seamus was really angry, and he snapped back. He goes, don't you dare tell me to calm down. He goes, you knew I wanted Gunther at WrestleMania. Now you're here behind my back to call him out. So Drew got mad. He got mad and said, you're not my parent. You don't tell me what to do. I don't have to ask your permission. He goes, do I need your permission to wipe my ass? Seamus said, you're right. I'm not your parent. You're just a backstabbing bastard. And Drew said, well, all right. Since we're all telling the truth out here, friends tell the truth. He said, the truth is, you had your chance and you lost. Twice. So they were interrupted by L.A. Knight. Let me talk to you. Here comes L.A. Knight. Somebody talking about the Intercontinental title, he says, and then you've got to be talking about L.A. Knight. I will say, L.A. Knight is like the perfect fit for that Intercontinental title. So I would like to see him get a run with it at some point. It's not going to happen right now, but I think he'd be the perfect Intercontinental champion. Then eventually, he could challenge for the top title. He goes, meanwhile, you two are handed every opportunity and still you cry. He again said, you can't have an L.A. WrestleMania without L.A. Knight. All of a sudden, he was cut off. He was interrupted by the New Day's music. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods walked out. Woods said that they wanted to come out and apologize on behalf of L.A. Knight. By the way, I saw on Xavier's Up, Up, Down, Down channel that he went to Super Mario World, which I think is at Universal Studios, I believe. I think it's Universal Studios Orlando. Uh, He took a tour of Super Mario World, which I think is new. This is the first I'm hearing that they even have a Super Mario World, you know, land that you can tour there. It's got all kinds of games and shit. It looks awesome. It's the kind of place I could get lost in for a couple of hours. So I just had to mention that. It popped up on my feed. I'm not even subscribed to the Up, Up, Down, Down channel, but it popped up on my feed. I watched it. Woods was like a little kid, man. He was running around. They had the blocks with the question marks, and he's bashing them and making the coin noises. So anyway, if you're going to be at Universal, you could check out Super Mario World. New Day comes out, as I said. And Woods is uh, talking about wanting to apologize on behalf of L.A. Knight. They mocked him for coming out each of the past two weeks and talking about how you can't have an L.A. WrestleMania without L.A. Knight. They said L.A. Knight wants a match at WrestleMania, yet lately L.A. Knight can't even win a match on SmackDown, which hurt, by the way. That was that was a painful dig if you are an L.A. Knight fan because nothing the New Day said here was wrong. So then New Day was interrupted by Karrion Cross and Scarlett. And Karrion Cross comes out. He is the most normal that he has ever looked on television before. He came out with a dress shirt on. He looked like he was headed to the club. With Scarlet. So he comes down to the ring. L.A. Knight used the distraction before before he even got into the ring. Because Cross comes down. He's kind of walking around the ring. And before he could even get in, Knight uses the distraction to jump the New Day from behind. Sheamus then clotheslined L.A. Knight out of the ring. Which left Drew and Sheamus staring at each other from, from afar. Drew then makes a move towards Sheamus like he's going to give him the Claymore kick, but instead he passes Sheamus and does a cannonball dive out over the top onto the New Day and L.A. Knight on the floor. So now Sheamus is alone in the ring, 
Karrion Cross sneaks up into the ring behind him. He posts him shoulder first. Sheamus falls out to the floor. And Karrion Cross and Scarlet are the last two people left in the ring. They stood there posing. While the announcers uh, talked about everybody jockeying for a match at WrestleMania. Now, later on in the show, I'm skipping ahead here, but later on in the show, Caleb Braxton was in the back with Imperium. And Gunther called it an absolute disgrace and a lack of leadership that he does not have a worthy challenger already for WrestleMania. And he said that he needed a battle to cement the legacy of the ring general and the Intercontinental Championship and to claim his place on the grandest stage of them all. Griga, thank you for the gifted membership. Drew Russell is the uh, lucky recipient, so Griga, thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So that's what Gunther said. And then later, they announced a fatal five-way match for next week's show to crown a new number one contender who qualifies to challenge for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. It's going to be Drew McIntyre. Sheamus, Karrion Cross, L.A. Knight, and Kofi Kingston. Xavier Woods is not included in this. I was thinking, before they announced the Fatal Five-Way, later in the show, when I saw the end of the segment here, my first thought was that they were setting up for a six-man ladder match for the title at WrestleMania. Uh, and the plus, if you were to do that, and again, it doesn't look like they are now, but if they wanted to, if they were to do a six-way ladder match at WrestleMania, the plus is that you get people like L.A. Knight, who, who should be in a match at WrestleMania. If for no other reason, to give him a nice little, uh, you know, payback, nice little pat on the back for all of the Mountain Dew pitch black bullshit of the Royal Rumble, he should be on the WrestleMania card. And someone like Karrion Cross gives him a match on the WrestleMania card as well. Now, per PW Insider, Karrion Cross is still listed internally on the SmackDown roster, as the number two heel on the brand. Which is ridiculous to me, because the number two heel on the brand is Gunther. It is not Karrion Cross. All I need to do is watch the television show every week. And if you were to ask me, who's the top heel outside of Roman, because right now it's Roman Reigns and then everybody else. After Roman Reigns, who's the top heel on SmackDown? How many people do you think are going to say Karrion Cross over Gunther? Not too many people. But if that's how they view him, if that's where they have him slotted, if they want him to be the number two heel on SmackDown, how are you going to have two nights of WrestleMania and not have Karrion Cross in a match? Because it doesn't look like they're doing a battle royal anywhere. I mean, they may announce one in the next few weeks, but 
They've been doing the Andre Battle Royal on TV the night before. So if there's no multi-man match or Battle Royal, he hasn't been involved in any story. He was feuding with Ray. Ray is not wrestling Karrion Cross at WrestleMania, so that might be his only shot is to do a ladder match at WrestleMania to get him in there. So that's one plus if you want to, you know, look at it like that. But I, you know, I was also thinking if they wanted to spare Gunther and Drew McIntyre from taking a pinfall loss in a singles match or in a triple threat match, putting them in a ladder match would be one way to do that. So there are advantages to doing a ladder match. And some people just really miss seeing a big multi-man ladder match at WrestleMania. Uh, I was an advocate for just moving Money in the Bank back to WrestleMania. And then they, you know, they went and they sold out Money in the Bank in 60 seconds at the O2 in London the other day. Now, I think they would have done that regardless of what the name of the pay-per-view was. Because, again, it's a hot market. They're starred for a big WWE pay-per-view. I mean, you could have called it, you know, fucking uh, WWE dick and balls, and I still think they would have sold out in 60 seconds because people just want to go to the show, right? It's a hot ticket over there. So I would have loved to have seen a men's money in the bank match on one night, women's money in the bank match on the other night. They didn't do that. Uh, But I, I do think that some people miss having that on the show. I don't think the latter stuff is needed. And I also would rather it be a triple threat. I like the idea of a triple threat with Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. I think that, besides the fact that it would be a fantastic match, uh, I just think that all of these men, Sheamus and Gunther have history. Sheamus and Drew have, obviously, history. They've been tag team partners more recently. So putting them in the match together, to me, makes the most sense. With Sheamus going over. That's the match I'm still hoping that they do. Even though we have the five-way next week, the five-way would indicate they're not doing that. They're going to have one person, uh, and that person is likely, if it's one person, it's going to be Drew McIntyre. And look, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, or or I'm sorry, yeah, Drew McIntyre and Gunther, fantastic match, right? That's going to be a great match. But then Sheamus is the odd man out, and he deserves better than that at WrestleMania. The story is still there. Tonight he came out full of fire and said, you know how much that title means to me. 15 years in this company, I've been trying to win that championship. How do you not have him challenging for it at WrestleMania? So I'm still holding out hope that maybe there'll be a disputed finish in the five-way involving Sheamus and Drew, and somehow we can still get that triple threat and get those three guys in the ring together at WrestleMania. But whatever they do, it's just nice to see this title so sought after heading into the biggest show of the year, right? It's such a nice thing to see. Because when was the last time that we can say that we've had anybody like a run like Gunther is on and people on television fighting just for the right to challenge for that championship at WrestleMania? I mean, when was the last time we really had this kind of push heading into Mania for this title, right? It's been nice to see. It's been a refreshing change. We had Shayna Baszler one-on-one against as uh, Ronda Rousey, I guess, would call her, uh, Skittles girl, Tegan Knox. All week long, they advertised a tag team match, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler against Natty and Tegan Knox. That was supposed to be the match. But then earlier in the day, they showed footage from the back of Shayna beating up on Tegan. And we saw, a t- apparently Tegan got a shot in at Ronda Rousey. We didn't see it. 
We just saw Rhonda on the ground, and she was holding her arm in pain. And so Adam Pierce and officials came over to break up the whole uh, fracas. Rhonda came to the ring with Shayna for her match. Her arm was in a sling, but she did come out for the match. Natty was in Tegan's corner. Shayna beat her quickly, submitted her with an arm bar in two minutes. Uh, and outside uh, the ring after the match, we could hear Tegan crying that uh, she thinks Shayna broke her arm. So the question is, is this a legitimate Ronda Rousey uh, injury? Because, again, they advertised that match all week. I thought it was strange earlier today when I checked the preview and the match was missing. I said, did I, did I miss something? I know they were advertising this. So I thought that was a little strange. And then they shot this angle, and they do this a lot when there is a legitimate injury that they're covering for. They did that with Ronda and Shayna attacking Shotzi in the parking lot. Shotzi had a hand injury, I think a broken hand. She was gone for six weeks. We just had Wendy Chu attacked in the NXT parking lot on Tuesday night because she has a legitimate shoulder injury. It's not said to be serious, but they do these sorts of angles when there's a real injury. So how does that affect WrestleMania plans if Ronda's hurt? Maybe she's hurt, but not seriously, and she'll be cleared in the next few weeks. I don't think, and by the way, if it's not a legitimate injury, and it, then I don't understand what the fuck the point of this was. So I have to assume she's banged up. I don't really see how it, it's going to affect the Mania card that much, honestly. Shayna Baszler would be the one who gets fucked, because if Ronda can't work, then there goes whatever tag team match Shayna would have been in. But it really doesn't have any impact, I don't think, on what Damage Control is doing and Becky and Lita and Trish. If Ronda's hurt and she can't go at Mania, then it doesn't really have any effect. You could still do whatever the plans are for the other women. You could still do it. You could do a rematch with Dakota and EO against Becky and Lita. Or you do a six-person tag and just do Becky, Lita, and Trish against all three members of Damage Control. Uh, I thought they would do Trish and Bailey one-on-one and have the other three teams, including Ronda and Shayna, in a three-way match. We'll see what the news is on the Ronda injury, if it's legitimate or not. But if it is, it won't really have much of an impact on the other women. Now, Bobby Lashley was unannounced for this show, but there he was, coming down to the ring. Monday Night Raw's own Bobby Lashley. Had a lot of Raw uh, people on the show tonight. Cody Rhodes, Rhea Ripley. Dominic, Lashley. Sami Zayn is on every show. I don't even know what roster he's on anymore. I guess he's still a SmackDown guy, but a lot of raw people on the show tonight. Lashley comes down to the ring for a promo. He said Bray Wyatt has been telling him to run for the past two weeks. He should have taken his advice, by the way. But he doesn't run from anyone. He mentioned the music man, or the the music man, the the muscle man. That'll be the next Bray skit. (laughs) <laughs> him, him and the little puppet version of Elton John will be singing songs on TV. He referenced the Muscle Man video that was playing on the Titantron when Bobby was leaving the ring on Raw Monday night. So he mentioned that. He said uh, where he's from, if you have a problem with somebody, you come see them face to face. And since Bray didn't do that, he came to SmackDown to see him. So he said, Bray, if you're mad enough, come see me. Uncle Howdy's music played, and his video played on the big screen. And so Bobby was focused on the stage, waiting for Bray or Uncle Howdy to come out. When Uncle Howdy attacked him from behind, 
Uncle Howdy started laughing, and it was the surest sign yet that it's Bo Dallas under the mask. I know some people think it might be Eric Young, but uh, not a doubt in my mind that it was Bo Dallas under that mask. I don't care who the who ends up being revealed in the end as Uncle Howdy. Remember the Black Scorpion angle from WCW. There were a lot of people who were under the mask as the Black Scorpion, and then in the end it was Ric Flair who was unmasked, and he wasn't the Black Scorpion for that entire time. Not a doubt in my mind that it was Bo Dallas under that mask, listening to that laugh. So he starts laughing, and Howdy hits the ropes, comes off, Lashley catches him coming off, picks him up in the air, and slams him with a spine buster. Which I think is the first bump that uh, Uncle Saudi, Uncle Saudi, Uncle Howdy, <laughs> he'll be Uncle Saudi very soon, I have a feeling. The first bump that Uncle Howdy has taken so far. So Lashley was getting ready for a spear. When the lights went out, and I thought for a second I was watching uh, Dynamite. I was waiting for the House of Black to appear. The lights went out, and when they came back on, Uncle Howdy was gone, and Lashley was all by himself in the ring. Looking around, wondering where he went, what just happened. How did I end up involved in this storyline? Then they flashed the Bray Wyatt logo on screen. And it was on to the next segment. So it was more of the same with the Uncle Howdy stuff. No Bray on the show at all. And it is to the point now, after all of these months, when and if we finally do get that big reveal for who Uncle Howdy is, who's under the Uncle Howdy mask, is anybody going to care? Is anybody going to give a shit once we finally get there? I know I won't. It's, it, it is so beyond played out at this point. It really is. And I have very little hope that the match of WrestleMania is going to be any good. So my expectations are low going in. Maybe then they will uh, surprise me because I've, I've set my expectations for this so low that maybe in the end they'll actually end up surprising me. But this has become the worst thing on SmackDown. Ronda Rousey is the SmackDown Women's Champion, was the worst thing on SmackDown, but she has been replaced. See, at least there was some forward movement with Ronda Rousey. She lost her title to Charlotte. There's really been absolutely nothing new. If you look at the big picture, right, little clues and hints change, but the big picture hasn't changed. There has been nothing new. There has been no real forward movement with Bray Wyatt. I don't get it. I don't get it. Unless they're covering for an injury, I don't understand this. When he first came back, I noticed a few weeks in he had a knee brace on. And I wondered then if he was hurt and nobody was saying anything. But he had an injury maybe they were covering for, which is why we hadn't seen him in a match yet. So I don't know what his physical status is. I haven't heard a damn thing about him being injured. If he is, it's certainly you know something that's being kept close to the vest. It's the only thing I can think of. Just the lack of action, but also just the lack of any real movement in this story. I said it was it was one of the most intriguing things on the show when he first came back. I had a lot of fun following the White Rabbit stuff. Right? He got a huge reaction when he came back. And when Bray comes out now, he still gets big reactions. I know, you know he gets reactions and he's moving merch and that's great. That's great. But the story is fucking boring. Do something. Please, anything. 
do something. Make me care about this again. After that, it was to the back, to the bloodline locker room where Jimmy came back. Roman asked him, so what did he say? What did Jay say? Jimmy said that Jay told him he needs more time. And Roman repeated what he said, and he asked, he goes, he needs more time. And Jimmy said, uh, actually, he said to leave him the hell alone. Roman couldn't understand how Jay could do this to his own brother. After everything they've done for him, they've had his back. Because, you know, this really didn't start happening. This really did not start happening until Sammy got involved. Until Sammy came around. Maybe that's where he got selfish. He goes, as a matter of fact, we're going to fix the Sammy Zayn problem once and for all. So tonight, I want you to go out there in the main event with Solo Sokoa, and I want you to take out Sammy once and for all. He says, if you do that, I know that Jay will come home. I know that Jay will come back to the bloodline. So he said, do it for the family. Do it for the bloodline. Off went Jimmy. Paul Heyman then leaned in to tell Roman. He goes, "Uh, that was wonderful. And Roman said no. And he said, Jay's got one week. He goes, do you understand? If Jay's not back in the bloodline in one week, I'm not going to blame Sammy. I'm going to blame Jimmy. So more drama in the ranks of the bloodline. They they have found ways to keep the story interesting. This is like the exact opposite of the Bray Wyatt story. (laughs) They continue to find ways, as long as this is dragged out for, they continue to find ways to keep the story interesting and to keep the story moving along. That's all I ask for with the Bray stuff. But we're getting that with the bloodline. So the main event on this show was Sami Zayn. Against the newlywed. How many of you uh, heard the news that Solo Sokoa, he is a taken man. He is a married man. Married his bride the other day. So he had uh, Jimmy Uso in his corner. Solo was dominating Sammy for most of the match. He hit a huge Samoan drop. Did his running hip attack in the corner. He placed Sammy on the top rope. Sammy recovered. He landed a tornado DDT. Only got a one count out of it. Uh, He did not succeed at first, but Sammy did finally in the end hit the blue thunder bomb. Jimmy then saved Solo from a haluva kick, pulled him out of the way. Sokoa then put Sammy down with the Samoan spike, and he pinned him. So I like how they continue to keep Solo Sokoa strong. It was a little jarring, though, given the position that Sammy was in only a few weeks ago in the main event in Montreal against Roman Reigns, challenging for the championship that. Uh, he would be put down relatively relatively easily uh, here in this match. But I, I like that they're continuing to keep Solo strong. He remains undefeated here on this show. And it's fine. I mean, Sammy, Sammy's a made guy at this point going into WrestleMania. The story is going to be the tag team title match. So you know, him losing here didn't bother me. It was just, again, a little jarring to see how easily he was put down in this match. After the match was over, Jimmy told Solo to go grab a chair. And he did. And Jimmy told Sammy, you made your choice. He goes, now you've got to get got. They wrapped the chair around Sammy's head. He was down in the corner. Solo was ready to hit the corner splash. But right before he was about to go for the corner splash, Jimmy stopped him. He goes, let me do it. I want to be the one to do it. All this stalling gave Sammy a chance to get up. 
He threw the chair at Solo's head, and then he hit Jimmy with the Huluva kick. Sammy saw the chair on the mat. He picked it up. He was about to use it on Jimmy, but Solo got up. Sammy threw it at him, and Solo basically just swatted it away. Sammy runs off into the crowd, and they played his music. So Jimmy Uso fails in his mission. He had one job, and he could not get the job done. They cut to a shot of a disappointed Roman Reigns in the back. And uh, Michael Cole said that Jay Uso needs to be on SmackDown next week. Otherwise, uh, basically, it is going to be Jimmy's ass. So it was actually a very, um, a very basic angle to close out the show. Uh, not a lot of drama to it, but we're getting there. Uh, no Kevin Owens tonight. After next week, we've got three weeks uh, until WrestleMania. Three weeks to set up the tag team title match. I like the uh, drama around Jey Uso because it has kept him, I don't know if relevant is the right word, but it's kept him as a uh, central figure in this story coming out of Elimination Chamber. Uh, at least for another week. At least for another week. Uh, because I I kind of made mention of this at the beginning. Monday, we have John Cena coming back. He's going to be on Raw Monday night in Boston. Uh, we have this ultimatum here at the end of this show from Roman Reigns uh, regarding the Usos for next week's show. So we know there's going to be some kind of big development with the uh, Bloodline stuff. It just feels to me like next week is going to be the key week. Three weeks out from WrestleMania, it's shaping next Monday and Friday is shaping up to be a very key week uh, to where the real build for Mania begins, right? The Ray and Dominic stuff. I think next Friday sounds about right where we finally have Ray put his hands on his son. They don't have to make the match official next week, but they can shoot the angle where Ray finally says enough is enough, and he pushes his son down, he punches him. You know, We could get that moment, I think, on next Friday's show. Uh, they're going to be crowning a number one contender for Gunther's title next week, whoever that is, so that'll set up the Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, as I said, Logan Paul's going to be on Raw to face off with Seth Rollins, so... It's going to be a pretty important week next week for the WrestleMania build. Uh, I thought tonight's show was a fun show. I liked it. Out of the three shows that I watched, and I, I am going to, I'm not done with uh, Ring of Honor yet. I'll have a few thoughts on that on Sunday. Uh, and I did watch NXT. But of the three key shows that I watched, Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, I thought SmackDown was the best of the bunch. SmackDown was the one that I liked the most out of uh, all three of those shows. Let's take a look at the Twitter poll. This probably has the best score out of the three shows this week that you guys have given it. What did you think about SmackDown? 68.7% thumbs up, 21.8% thumbs in the middle, and 9.5% of you gave this show tonight a thumbs down. So, uh, seems to align with what my thoughts were of this show. Again, that's the highest score of the, I'm pretty sure that's the, it has to be. There's no way Monday Night Raw or Dynamite this week got 70% of the vote. Ain't no fucking way. So SmackDown takes the cake. See, I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated in my opinion, what I just talked about. That was before I even looked at the poll. I feel like we're, we're on the same wavelength here. So we're right around 370-ish uh, likes. So it looks like we might fall short this week uh, for Be The Booker. It's up to you guys. 450 is the goal, so... Hit that like button. Uh, I'm going to get to your super chats here, see what you guys have to say. Thank you again, by the way, for hanging out with me. 
uh, here on a Friday night. I do appreciate it. Thank you for all the uh, the new members as well. The, uh, the gifted memberships, the uh, people who bought memberships. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, Groovy Goose dropping a $4.99 Super Chat. Just saw your YouTube short. Sounds like Boombox Bill will be cashing in his Goldberg in the bank for a retirement match. Yes, if you want my very brief 60-second thoughts on this whole Goldberg wants a retirement match, WWE owes Goldberg a retirement match, there's a brand new YouTube short. It's on TikTok as well, by the way. There is a TikTok channel. You can find the link to all the uh, social channels in the description down below. You can go get my thoughts there. Uh, Crypto in Poker with the $5 Super Chat. Uh, I've been listening to all of your shows on Spotify, and the TNA shows sound a lot like today's AEW shows. Hopefully, AEW has a different outcome. Well, as somebody who lived through the good days and the very bad days of TNA Impact, it is not the same thing. There may be similarities, but I will tell you that they are definitely not the same thing. I will be the first one to sound the alarm bells if we get to that level when it comes to the AEW shows. We're not there yet. Austin Runge, good show. I'm surprised how over LA Knight is considering how they use him. Massive pop. Tell you, LA Knight is over. Gotta give that man a push. Rob G, Patrick Kane will lead the New York Rangers to the cup. Cup will the cupeth will uh, overflow with the tears of all the teams that fall before us. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jaxo23 with the $20 Super Chat. Jaxo, thank you. Roman is irate at the end of the show since Jimmy failed his task to take out Sammy. And you can tell Roman is growing impatient and angry at Jimmy and Jay. That's exactly right. Exactly what I just uh, talked about. Gabe Sanchez also dropping a $20 Super Chat. If Roman and Rock were to happen next year, who would you want to go over? Uh, Roman Reigns. And it's not happening. If we didn't get the Rock and Roman Reigns this year, we are not getting the Rock and Roman Reigns. It is not happening. Uh, Andre Israel. Did Rhea make that little girl cry? You'll love to see it. She'll be the biggest star in the women's division very soon. I said the same about... uh, Oh gosh, what was her name? The the, uh, the super fan, the Bailey super fan from NXT. Is he? Is he the super fan? When Sasha Banks made her cry during the Iron Woman match they had at that one takeover show, I said, "This girl, one day, she's gonna she's gonna attack Bailey." Of course, Bailey's a heel now, so doesn't really work. Uh, no strings podcast. With Ken Simon. I was at the show live tonight in D.C. All the segments felt like they flew by. 
Hot crowd, good show. Love the pod, Mr. Monster. Solo Monster Sokoa. I was solo before Sokoa was. Always remember that. I'm also a lot older than he is. Uh, Daddy Wonton with the $1.99. Thank you. Shin Superkick. Akuma with the 5 bucks. Shin, I hope you're doing well tonight. Dorian Moore with the 2 bucks. Have you seen the UPW trailer? You will like this. Uh, I have not. I saw the AEW All Access trailer. I did not see the UPW trailer. Tanya, thank you for the four bucks. Zachariah Sitchin with the four ninety nine. Once the Bloodline gets the band back together, which would be the better segment: a Roman beatdown of Cody or they or a pull apart with security in the locker room? I think you do a beatdown in the ring. Slim Yoshi. Makes me glad to see LA Knight getting louder crowd reactions. Don't know about you, but I hope they put the money in the bank briefcase on him come the summer. He was my early pick, I said, a couple months ago. He's still my early pick. Now, we still got to wait until July. A lot can happen between now and then, but LA Knight is my early pick for the money in the bank briefcase. I think he'd be perfect for it. Nick Grosso. Rest in peace, Tom Sizemore. Uh, the Sammy Bloodline angle is still very good, but they need to pull the trigger on both Jay and Owens. And uh, I think they will. next. I think next week will be the week. Dev to Dust, buzzer or bell? Between uh, Omos and Kali. I'm just going to... I'm going to uh, fake an illness and have an ambulance take me away, so uh, I will end up missing that match. Rizzo, as a Michigander, as I said to the chat, I despise winter. Is that what they call people in Michigan? You're a Michigander? I would I would think you'd be like a Michigan or something. I think you're a Michigan. Bobby's World with the 10. I think Bobby actually gifted a membership earlier. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, do you think wrestlers owning their own entrance music will become a bigger trend in the future? There's quite a few cases of it already, but I think it will become a bigger thing eventually. I think it should. Cody took his music with him from AEW. It, you know, his entrance, including the music, is a very big part of the whole package, the whole Cody package. And uh, I don't see any problem with it. I hope, I hope people have more ownership of their stuff going forward, whether it's gimmicks, names, music. If you put the effort into it, if it's part of who you are, if you spend years building it up, then you should have an ownership stake in that. Uh, Gabe Sanchez, do you think Bray Wyatt is trying too hard? Is he trying too hard or not trying hard enough? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know that it's a matter of not trying too hard. I think he's, you know, again, I don't know if it's a case of not having a filter. I don't know if it's a case of... Uh, him having various ideas in his head and and having things mapped out long term and he's just taking his time to get there and he thinks that this is playing out the way that he wants it to. To me, as a viewer, it just doesn't play out in a very exciting way when you just don't have anything going on. You have these long periods of time where there's just nothing going on. I don't find that interesting. And I think Bray Wyatt is a very creative guy. I Like I said, I was... All in. I was invested on where the story was going at the beginning, and he lost me. He could get me back, 
but I, I'm at the point now where it's just like, just, just get to the point, you know? Just get to the point. Rizzo, with the $20 Super Chat. <clears throat> Interesting idea that I just had. WrestleMania Night 2. Ending sequence. Roman has Cody on the ropes, and the referee gets knocked down, and he calls for the bloodline. They come down at the last second. They turn their backs on Roman, and Cody wins. Oh, I think if, if the end of the bloodline is going to be WrestleMania... Uh, or the beginning of the end of the bloodline is going to be at WrestleMania. I think that's the perfect way to do it. I think they just, just... I think the key there... Jimmy has taken a lot of verbal abuse. Jay has taken physical and verbal abuse from Roman. To have them turn their backs. Let's say they lose their tag team titles on night one. Right? So they already lost their gold. And Roman probably is just raking them over the coals. Right? To have them turn their back on him would be poetic. But... The, the key, I think, would be Solo Sokoa. Because Solo has been, like I said, ride or die with Roman in the bloodline this whole time. He doesn't speak. He's a man of... I was going to say he's a man of few words. He's a man of no words. The key there would be Solo turning his back. You have Jimmy and Jay turn their back. Heyman would probably still stay with Roman. But then when Solo turns his back, right? He sees the two of them. All right, Solo. And then Solo turns his back. I think that would be very uh, powerful. The thing is, though, I'm not I'm not ready for the bloodline to be over. I think even if Roman loses at WrestleMania, it doesn't have to end. But if they were going to end it, I think that would be a, a cool way to go about doing it. Uh, Bobby's World, perhaps your Bray Wyatt do something should be a new super chat. It made me LOL. It's true. Just do something. That's it. Markel, we are called the Michiganders. So there's there's the confirmation. I'm calling you Michigans. You are a Michigan. And uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken with Flavor. I watched the highlights of the Orange Cassidy Big Bill match. Jim Cornette and Kevin Nash are probably sick to their stomachs of that booking. I, I don't really give a shit if they're sick of that booking. I mean, that's that's entirely their thing. I thought it was actually a very good match. AEW does have a tendency, though, to beat to beat a lot of their big guys uh, with smaller guys. That is a, a common theme. I think they need to kind of pull back on that a little bit. It would be nice if they had some, some big guys, you know, that uh, would get over and rack up some wins. I think Big Bill can be something for them. Uh, only to the extent, though, that they give him the chance. Uh, he's on TV one week and off TV the next four. You're not going to get over that way. I thought the match was actually very good, though. As, as a match, I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it. Now, I should mention, I was going to mention this, that uh, there will be no SmackDown stream next Friday. There'll be no SmackDown stream next Friday because we have a House of Glory show. In Queens next Friday at the NYC Arena, Kushida making his HOG debut. Now you know why I use the DeLorean intro to the SmackDown stream tonight. Kushida's going back in time. But uh, Kushida's coming in next week to Hog. He's going to be getting in the ring with Low Key. And uh, we've got Jacob Fatu defending the HOG World Championship against Fred Rosser, uh, the former Darren Young, who has actually been uh, tearing it up 
for uh, New Japan Strong recently. Max the Impaler. Before there was Sarah Logan, there was Max the Impaler. And Max the Impaler will be challenging for the HRG Women's Championship. And we got a lot of other fun stuff planned on the show. Tickets still available. Should be on Fight TV, although I haven't checked the schedule yet. But uh, I'll be there doing commentary, so... (laughs) I imagine we'll be on fight, but I guess we'll see. But yes, the uh, Hog Show is next Friday, and so uh, no SmackDown stream that night. Just be aware of that. We'll have the the Raw stream on Monday. Of course, uh, Sunday night is the AEW Revolution stream, which that's going to be uh, it's going to be a late night. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a late night. But we have episode seven ninety eight on Sunday. Revolution stream Sunday night. Raw stream on Monday. Dynamite next Wednesday, and uh, Friday's the only night that we'll be missing. So uh, I wanted to make sure I got that little programming note in there. Uh, Andre Israel with the five bucks. Buy, rent, or sell on who the best liar is. Eddie Guerrero, Pinocchio, or Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan. Nick Grosso with the four ninety nine. AEW have turned the Jungle Boy Christian Cage match into a final burial match. What is your thoughts on Lesnar saying that he is finishing up with WWE? Lesnar did not say he is finishing up with WWE. Somehow this turned into a Brock Lesnar is done. He's he's wrapping up with WWE story. That is not that is not the case. That is an over exaggeration, and uh, there is no indication that he is going to be done. Nor do I believe that he is done. He. I believe that after WrestleMania, he's going to go away. But he always goes away after WrestleMania. Brock leaving and coming back for SummerSlam or a Saudi show is nothing out of the ordinary. There's no way Brock Lesnar is leaving and giving up guaranteed money to come and do the bare fucking minimum, which I feel like is what he's been doing. There's no way. So Brock Brock is not done. Don't believe everything you read. Uh, Turtlehead, looking back, do you think the whole Cody run was just a means to get back to WWE? Makes the booking himself out of the title picture make sense. I don't think that's why he did that, though. I don't think that's why he did that. I I think he always had it in the back of his mind that he was going to go back. I don't think he knew he was going to go back when he did. I think whatever those conversations were with Tony Khan, whatever he was asking for, if he would have gotten it, he'd still be there. But do I think that he always had aspirations and and a dream in his mind of going back once he established himself somewhere else as a headliner and going back to WWE? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, Bane Solo disagrees. Thank you, uh, Dakota. And I do believe that we hit our goal. Did we hit our goal? I believe we did. We did. 450 was the goal. We're at 460. Roughly four six. Look at this. Ten new channel members. Holy shit, I just noticed that. I just noticed the number was ten new channel members. Wow, you guys have rocked it tonight. Thank you. Welcome, all of our new members. I think that might put us actually at a uh, a new record for uh, members here on the channel. So uh, let's go ahead and be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. Be the booker. Hey, Matthew Miller in the chat. Good to see you. Wants to know if uh, Jay White goes to WWE, who do I think he feuds with first? I think if John Cena wins the United States Championship at WrestleMania, I would have him come out on Raw the next night 
restart the open challenge, and out comes Jay White. You have Jay White beat John Cena his first night, and John Cena is leaving after that anyway. Why not have him put over Jay White on his first night in? He wins the U.S. title. You want to establish somebody new? There you go. You want to give them credibility? There you go. I still think you want to give credibility to Austin Theory since he's the guy you've been building up for months. He's the one who should beat John Cena. But if John Cena were to go over, I would have Jay White beat him on TV the next night. All right, let's uh, be the booker, and uh, we're going to kick things off here with the men's edition. A uh, Rojo Bear, I know it says just became a channel member, but Rojo Bear has been a channel member for 17 months. Thank you, Rojo Bear. So we begin with, who is this person? I don't know who this man is. I haven't seen him on television in in years, it feels like. Is that Miro? Is that Miro? I don't know. I think it is. Miro. I have no idea where he is or what he's doing. Probably playing video games on Twitch, but he could be retired for all I know. It's going to be Miro going one-on-one with Flop Dollar. Miro and Flop Dollar is a fail. That's about the worst way you could possibly start Be the Booker. It'll be Miro and Flop Dollar in a match where the only way to win is by throwing your opponent out over the top rope. I know we're not doing uh, stipulations tonight, but that would be the stipulation for the match. On the women's side, we begin with Brie Mode. Oh, no. Brie Mode. Good Lord, I didn't realize she had a tattoo down there. Why is this the first time I'm noticing this? Brie Bella. I don't even see the point in continuing. We're just going to go right to the tag teams. We are just going to move. Man, that rain is coming down hard outside, man. It is uh, raining like cats and dogs outside. All right, let's pick a tag team here. We begin with the two-man power trip of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. God, I miss those tag team titles. Ah, I miss those tag team titles. Why did they get rid of these designs? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You don't replace it with something inferior. All right, Austin and Triple... Yeah, I never noticed the tattoo. What do you sue me? I'm sorry, I'm not looking at Brie Bella's crotch every time she came out to the ring. All I hear is that horrible music. It's the first time I've noticed that tattoo. All right, so we have uh, Triple H and Stone Cold getting into the ring with Miz and The Big Show. I had to think about that one. I had to think about that one, but I I can't say that's a match I'd really have an interest in seeing. Maybe some people would. I eh. I go I got to go with the buzzer. I've got to go with the buzzer. That is a clean sweep of losses here in Be the Booker. That is a pretty damn horrible addition to Be the Booker. I have failed you. I don't know if I've failed you or if Be the Booker has failed me, but uh, it's just a fail all around. Yeah, if it was if it was Jericho, 
or if it was Undertaker and Big Show, yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been an easy bell. But uh, Big Show and Miz, nah, I don't think so. Uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken with Flavor, Jamie Hayter, The Raver, Ruby Soho, The Punk, uh, Punk Rock Emo, and Soraya, The Goth Chick. Lovely booking. I just want to see Jamie Hayter go in there and beat the hell out of people. That's pretty much all I want. Dan Teller, what are your thoughts about Sami Zayn possibly being thrown into the Cody and Roman match? No. Are we still talking about this? Are there people out there, like, I don't know if Dan is one of those people or if he's just asking because other people have been talking about it. But no. I mean, it's it's not happening. And it shouldn't happen. It is Roman and Cody. Sammy has his own story going on. It has nothing to do with Roman and Cody. I can't believe we're still talking about this. Uh, Darth Panic, do you see a face turn for Dominic after his match with Ray? Ray supposedly wants to pass the mask on to Dominic. No, that would be the worst. Are you fucking kidding me? That'd be the worst thing that they could do. Heel Dominic has been a fucking heat magnet. This kid has been so much better and so much more tolerable as a heel than he ever was as a babyface. He's still young. There's plenty of time for him to go back to being a babyface. Ray can give him the mask at any time. Absolutely not. I don't care if he's with the Judgment Day or not. You keep Dominic heel for the foreseeable future. Turning him babyface. I mean, why the hell would you do that? I don't want to see that. Sammy is cooled off now after tonight. I don't... I could have fooled me. You hear that reaction that he got at the end of the show? This is actually one of those situations where I will say, let it play out. The story that is going to play out it's going to pay off in a certain way, and uh, I don't think you'll be saying the same thing in a few weeks. Sammy is going to be just fine. Uh, Luis, our boy Luis. Luis Belmont show with the $10 Super Chat. San Bernardino County, California is still buried in snow, yet Santos Escobar can't teach Dominic the lesson that Ray needs to teach his own damn son. Just bury Dominic in the snow, he says. And then what happens when the snow melts? It's just a thought. I don't know. Luis, thank you. Yeah, believe it or not, it does snow in California. They've been getting hit hard out there. They've been getting hit hard. I saw Stone Cold. He's out in Nevada, and he's riding around in his... uh, not ATV, but whatever it is, he's, he rides around out there in the desert. And uh, he was posting the other day. They got hit with a bad snowstorm. It's snowing, I feel like, everywhere but in New York. We haven't gotten any snow this year. It's been it's been a dream. It's been great. All the snow is in California. We have had no snow here in New York. In the city. I can't. I don't know about upstate, but in the city, it's been perfect. Now, all we need is to get through March. If we get through March, we're good to go. We're good to go. Very unlikely we're going to get snow in April. All we have to do is get through these next four weeks. That's all I want. Get through these next four weeks with no snow. It's been great. I love it. Uh, Dre Hun, looking back on it, Bray peaked with the Wyatt family. Wyatt family Bray is uh, still the best version of Bray. You know? And uh, it's, it's too bad we can't get that Wyatt family reunion with the full family one day. 
And even Bray has said he'll never go back to being that version of himself again because it wouldn't feel right. He feels it would be disrespectful to Brody with him not being around. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I look back on that. And I still, it goes all the way back to WrestleMania 30. And I really think he beats John Cena at WrestleMania that year. And I think that character takes a very different path. Uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken with Flavor. The Ariel Helwani and Tony Khan beef reminds me of two street cats fighting. Andre Israel, shout out to the GWO, GWO for life. That's right, I see all the green names and all the badges in the chat. Uh, Hunter Peckham, did you see Undertaker's recent tweet reply? I have not been following the Undertaker's social media activity, so you will have to clue me in about what the Undertaker said on Twitter. I can't even believe I'm uttering that sentence. What did the Undertaker say on Twitter? I don't know. He said, rest in peace. Yeah, Deputy Dog, you and I are in the same boat, man. I'll, I'll take I'll take the rain over the snow. It's been so mild, you know... You, we just haven't had the temperatures to make. We've had plenty of rain, but we've had not no temperature really to maintain the snow. So, you know, even if we get like a slushy mix of the two, it warms up to like 50 the next day and then it's gone. So I love it. I love it. Uh, Dre Hund. Dre Hund. Uh, this is going by too fast. What did you say? What did Dre Hund say? Rayhud said, I'd like CM Punk to be brought back as a heel. Uh, well, you may get your wish. I don't think he'll be a heel if he comes back to uh, AEW, unless the fans turn him heel. If Tony Khan thinks he's too big of a star, too big of a name to let go, then he's coming back as a babyface. Uh, Luis, it did snow at the Hollywood sign in the Griffith Observatory, just not in downtown LA or in Long Beach. I appreciate the forecast. Rizzo with the five bucks says, Goldberg can get a retirement match if I was Triple H, but uh, he would be putting Bray Wyatt over. God, that would be... (laughs) That would be a terrible fucking match. Oh my god! No, go 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 look at my YouTube short. I have a much better idea for what to do with Big Bill. The other Big Bill, not the AEW Big Bill. Drew Mackincock, what's going, man? Jesus Christ, what is going on out there? It's like, it's like uh, the apocalypse out there. A CM Punk and FTR faction with Cornette managing. I'll be part of a, a faction with CM Punk before you get Cornette to come back and work, let, let alone in AEW. Good luck trying to get him to work for Tony Khan. That, that would be the day. That would be the day. I, who would he work for first? Would he work for Would he work for uh, Vince Russo first or Tony Khan first? West Coast James, Mr. Herrera, channel member for 22 months. It's good to see you here with us tonight. Drew's going to be at Revolution on Sunday. Well, I hope you'll stop by the live stream after. I'm sure we'll still be on. Uh, Naughty Delicious says, have you ever tried uh, Popcorners? Uh, Yes, I have. 
And I actually like them so much. The uh, the kettle ones, the kettle corn ones, the, the red bag. Uh, I loved them so much I had to stop eating them. Because I was I was going through an entire bag in one sitting every time. So I don't have them anymore. I haven't had them in a few years. Uh, but when I was on my popcorners binge, they were so addictive I actually had to stop. <laughs> so they are very good. I didn't try any of the other flavors, but the red bag ones, which I think is the kettle corn one, that one is the best one. That is the absolute best. Uh, who is the best? Uh, Anthony Dominic says, who is the best heel of WWE and AEW? Heel and face? I mean, heel and AEW would have to be MJF. Uh, heel and W... Heel and WWE. Who is the best heel? I mean, you could say Roman, but... He's the biggest star. Is he the best heel in the company? I I, I do think Dominic, just because he is so hated and the heat he gets when he comes out, I might actually go Dominic in WWE. And uh, Luis, since you work at House of Glory, please hire Mikey O'Shea. Uh, Shin Superkick Akuma, by the end of Moxley's career... Uh, he will have the Devon forehead. Not going to say Dusty because this promo tonight already mentioned Dusty's name already. We've had our Dusty fill for the night. So we can put Dusty on the back burner for a few days. Yeah, Moxley's forehead is going to look like fucking uh, Abdullah the Butcher by the time his career is over. Or Bruiser Brody and some of those people. Get ready for Sunday. It's going to be a bloodbath on Sunday. Top Dalla wins the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah, you know what? If there is an Andre Battle Royal, he probably will win because try to throw him out over the top rope and he won't go. He'll probably get tied up in the ropes. What a finish that would be. If they did the Andre Battle Royal and it comes down to like Flop Dalla and a couple of other people and they try to eliminate Flop Dalla, but he actually gets, you know, like Mick Foley used to get the hangman spot with his neck caught in the ropes. Like, Flop Dollar gets caught in the ropes, and he automatically, and the other two guys fall out of the ring, and he automatically wins the Andre Battle Royal. What a, of all the things they could do to disgrace the great name of Andre the Giant, I, I don't know that I could think of anything worse than having uh, Flop Dollar win the Andre Battle Royal. Darth Panic, our GWO shirts going up on pro wrestling tees. But enough of them, if, if enough people want them, they could. Possibly. But uh, probably not. Juan is going to Soldier Field tomorrow. Says, I'll have a beer for you there. Is that an XFL game that you're going to? What are you you going to at Soldier Field? Is it XFL? I know the USFL is starting up, but that's not until uh, next month. XFL started a few weeks ago. I feel like nobody's talking about it. It's like, this is The Rock's big relaunch of the XFL, and it feels like nobody gives a shit. I don't see anybody talking about it. Even, like, friends I know that watch, like, all football, like, nobody's talking about the XFL. Uh, Scarlett, yes. Andre, especially later in his career when he really couldn't do much, he would always do the spot where he would get his arms caught in the ropes. That was a uh, classic Andre spot. Oh, MLS. Okay, Juan's going to the MLS season opener. 
A quarterback got kicked out for giving the opposite team the playbook. So he turned heel. He betrayed his own team. So they're doing wrestling angles in the XFL. Is that what they're doing? (laughs) XFL is the dark elevation of football. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, look, I'm going to head on out of here. Fun hanging out with you guys, shooting the shit. I hope you've had fun tonight. Uh, this is a, a good addition, a fun episode of SmackDown tonight. Again, no SmackDown review next Friday because I won't be here. But all the other reviews, all the other shows, everything will be up as as uh, normal. Uh, check out the YouTube short I posted earlier on uh, Goldberg. And, uh, of course, episode 798 coming up on Sunday, the AEW Revolution review on uh, Sunday night. Going to be a lot of work. It'll be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot late nights. So I appreciate the super chats and the likes and the memberships. It means a lot to me. Uh, be well, stay safe, have yourselves a, a good night, a dry night. I don't know what the hell's going on out here, but I'm getting a little scared. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I'm I'm uh, elevated. I'm not on ground level, so I'll be all right. I'm not going to get washed away. Solid Monster is going to be right here, and uh, I'll see you guys back here on Sunday night for the Revolution stream. Until then. Take care, guys.